Hello and welcome to the RBC Ross Trevor Campus Sermon Podcast. Our mission here is loving God, loving people and seeing lives change. At RBC, our heart is to build a Jesus-centered community, to see lives changed in multiple languages and locations. We hope you enjoyed this message from one of our weekend services. To find out more about us, please visit our website, rbc.org.au. Amen. Uh, So we've got a bit of a physical challenge to start off the message tonight. Can I get a volunteer from the congregation? Oh, John. That's handy because you know what's going on. We've talked about this prior to tonight, so that works well. Um, So, okay, cool. So here's your challenge, right? You have to carry this Bible from this side of the platform to that side of the platform. I'll move this forward a little bit. Um, Without knocking any of the obstacles or the instruments, of course. Um, There's a few catches, though. The first catch is that you can only use your index fingers to carry the Bible. Only your index fingers. (laughs) The second catch is that you're blindfolded. So, thanks, Len. Oh! Yeah. That's the word So let's see how this goes. I think we've got uh, some music. <laughs> let's see if he can do it. All right, here we go. All the best with your mission, John. All right, you've already failed, so we'll stop it there, stop it there. Um, look, you tried. Thank you. Good job for trying. Um, uh, okay, this time, you are allowed to take the blindfold off. Uh, you could, this time as well, you can actually invite some people in to help you, if you'd like. Would you like some helpers? Yeah, who wants to help me? <laughs> cool. All right, so here's the thing, though. Um, You can only all use one body part, so you've all got to use all different body parts to get across. So, have a go. Ah, the back, smart. Go. Problem solving. No, 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 no. Oh, that didn't work. Okay, so you've all got to work together to get it across. So you've all got to be be touching the Bible, but with a different body part. yeah. Yeah. Russian what body part? Oh, interesting. Okay. Yep. All right. You got to get to that side of the stage. All the best. <laughs> this is quite impressive. Oh! Pivot! Pivot! Hey! Give him a round of applause. That was amazing. That was so cool. Well, it's interesting and very obvious that the second time was easier. Thanks, I'll take that. Um, And as we go through our message tonight, I think we might find out a little bit about why that is. But we are currently in our second week of our real life series, which is unpacking what an abundant life following Jesus really looks like. It's highlighting the practical, everyday, tangible life of a follower of Jesus. In John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. 
In Jesus Christ and Jesus alone, we find unending life. And this series is actually focusing in on the scriptures which underpin our church mission, loving God, loving people, and seeing lives changed. Tonight, we're honing in on community, on loving people. And name a better place to study about what a real community on fire for Jesus could and should look like than the early church, the first church. We have just gone through an extraordinary, unheard of season. I suppose some of the questions that this pandemic has brought up are, do I really need to go to church? Why should I join a Bible study? Can't I just watch some church services online? As we unpack our scriptures tonight, I think you might find that the scriptures answer these questions. And I suppose the challenge is, will you listen to the answer? Last week, this week, we didn't really come back to church. We have been the church. We are the church. Through this whole pandemic, in our spheres of influence, in our homes and and in our workplaces, whilst COVID-19 has changed the way we have done physical gatherings, I want to argue tonight that COVID-19 has not and should not change the way we do Christian community. Physical gatherings and community are two different things. In Hebrews chapter 10, we read, Let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together, as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. Before we dive in more tonight, will you join me in prayer? Let's pray. Father God, we thank you so much for Jesus. We thank you that through Jesus we have abundant life in him and life to the fullest. We thank you that we don't have to follow you alone, but that you have placed us in communities, in families to encourage us in our walk with you. Lord God, ultimately I pray tonight that you are glorified and that everything that is said comes straight from you and from your word. Amen. So we're going to start by opening up one of my favourite passages, which outlines what it was like to be part of the first church, just after the Holy Spirit had come and days after Jesus had ascended into heaven. The New Living Translation of the Bible actually calls this passage, the believers form a community. So let's read from Acts chapter 2, 42 to 47. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. Everyone was filled with awe at the many signs and wonders performed by the apostles. All the believers were together and they had everything in common. They sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Praising God and enjoying the favour of all the people. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. The early church was like a bushfire, unstoppable, spreading, powerful, inextinguishable, like an immovable force of Jesus' life and love. I don't know about you, but that is the kind of community, that is the kind of mission, that is the kind of revival that I want to be a part of. Well, as we open some of our main passages tonight, we will discover three key criteria of Christ-like community that we can learn and take straight from the early church. A real Christ-loving, Christ-honoring, gospel-spreading community looks up, reaches out, and steps out. 
So let's start off with looks up. A real community of believers are united with a shared identity in and a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. And this is what Pastor Dan and John were talking about last week. Christ is our collective purpose and meaning. In Colossians 3, Paul declares, Here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. Each person who has accepted Jesus Christ as their Lord and Saviour is united with a heavenly kingdom perspective. Together we are looking up, investing in a relationship with Christ, looking to him for our identity and purpose. The life, ministry, death and resurrection of Jesus unites and bonds us all. We are all on the same team. We have to remember that the culture and context that Paul was writing to, your nationality, your status, your sex, your wealth, was all ranked and categorised. Your societal status determined your freedoms, your rights, your job. But through Jesus, all people become one, equal, united and loved in him. Dietrich Bonhoeffer, a German pastor and theologian who ministered to prisoners of the Second World War and he actually eventually um, was executed for um, opposing the Nazi movement. He once said this, he said, Christianity means community through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. No Christian community is more or less than this. And just as Ian Ellis shared with us this morning, wherever Jesus is, authentic, real, caring, inclusive, compassionate community will form around him. We are united through Jesus Christ and in Jesus Christ. We share a perspective but we also share a body with Christ as the head. In Romans 12, we read, for just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. With Christ as our head, each member of his community uses the unique gifts and talents they have been given for his mission, and to serve the other believers. We belong to all the other body parts. We are intimately connected. We complement each other. I wonder what gifts you are using to benefit his kingdom and the other members of our community. I wonder what gifts and abilities you might be hiding that you could bring out and you could celebrate. If you're a member of the church, you are a part of the body and you are also a part of his family. In 1 Timothy 5, Paul is describing just how we should navigate our relationships in the church. And he says this, Do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. He's literally saying, treat the members of our body as if they were your own family. So what does a real Christian community look like? A group of believers who, together, look up and invest in their relationships with Jesus. A group of believers who are united through the body of Christ, with Christ as the head, with a kingdom perspective, a family in Jesus' name. And that is key and that is foundational to everything else that is shared in this message. So second, a real and abundant community of believers reach out and love one another unconditionally, 
just as Christ has loved us. There is so much to learn from the early church about navigating friendships, relationships and hospitality. If we come back to this passage in Acts chapter 2 once again, from verse 42 we read, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the fellowship. And there's a, there's a Greek word that I want to really want us to grasp tonight and focus in on. Koinonia. The term koinonia is used here in verse 42 for the first time in the whole Bible. And it refers to a participation in community, fellowship, generosity and discipleship. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to the koinonia. In Acts chapter 4, we read more about what this koinonia really looks like in action. We read, All the believers were in one heart and mind. No one claimed any of their possessions was their own, but they shared everything they had. With great power, the apostles continued to testify the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And God's grace was so powerfully at work in them that they were their, them all that there were no needy persons among them. From time to time, those who owned land or houses sold them and brought the money from the sales, put them at the apostles' feet, and it was distributed to everyone who had need. So the early church were committed to serving one another humbly in love. Galatians 5 verse 13. When any and every need was presented, the community worked together to see the need met. Real Christian community lives out koinonia through devotion to one, teaching, reading and studying the word, two, prayer. In Acts chapter 1, we read that the believers met constantly, constantly to pray. Three, fellowship, sharing of meals, doing life together. Four, worship, engaging in communion and worship. In Ephesians chapter 5, verse 21, we are called to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. We are called to be devoted participants, not spectators in Christ's koinonia. Devoted participants. Writer Elizabeth Newman says in her book, Untamed Hospitality, life together is not an ideal that we must strive to realise. Rather, it is a reality that God creates through Christ in which we are invited to participate. It is essential that we are fully engaged in Christian community. We need to be actively engaged and devoted to all of the elements without teaching, without fellowship, without communion, without worship, we are lacking. You can easily be surrounded by a community and not be a part of it. Yes, online services are an amazing blessing and resource for those who are vulnerably ill, for shift workers, for those in quarantine, for our missionaries serving overseas. But without fellowship, we are lacking a pandemic is not an excuse to not participate in Christian community. Hardship is not an excuse to not participate in Christian community. If you look back in history and if you look at statistics about which countries the gospel has and is spreading the fastest, you will find that persecution has always brought Christian communities closer together. Before we move on, I want to come back to this concept of koinonia, of fellowship and hospitality. Biblical hospitality is the act of serving others in your community, of sharing what you have and who you are with whomever God sends, setting 
intentional time for fellowship. Hospitality is saying, I welcome you, I love you, I care for you, I have prepared a place for you. Jesus modelled perfect hospitality when he moved beyond mundane, he moved beyond mundane physical needs to meet the deeper needs of those who came to him. I feel like when we talk about Christian hospitality, we might box it a little bit to mean have someone over for dinner with your perfect little decor and your perfect spotless little house. But what hospitality could look like, what an active participation in Koinonia could look like, going out for coffee with someone, taking the time to chat to someone before or after church that you don't know, visiting someone on the outskirts, babysitting for a family. We read that as soon as anyone in the early church had a need, someone else in the church was there willing and waiting to give up something to meet that need. The air conditioner at our rental wasn't working earlier on in the year during the extreme heat wave. Um, it was not fun. <laughs> um, I remember that I was whinging about it in front of Sam Whitwell earlier this year. Um, and then literally later that day, he sent me a message and he said, I've got my mother-in-law's portable air conditioner in my boot. I'm, coming I'm, I'm dropping it off to you guys right now. So in blistering 43 degree heat, he drove the aircon to us. That is reaching out in action. Instead of coming to Koinonia with an inward-focused mindset, i.e., what can I get out of church? What would it look like if we came to church with an outward mindset, with a reaching-out mindset? Whose need in our community can I meet today? What could you do this week to show someone in your life some early church hospitality and generosity? A few weeks ago at Life World Conference Online, um, Shane Willard, a gifted speaker from Charleston in the US, shared a powerful challenge to live out Christ's shalom peace in our world. He reminded us, based on a passage in Matthew chapter 6, that peace between believers is the most important thing. He encouraged us that it is far more important that Christ, who unifies all believers, is glorified than one believer's need to be right. He encouraged us not to meet greed with violence, but with radical and outrageous generosity. It was a scripture-rich and spirit-led message that I would really encourage you to go back and listen to if you haven't already. But if you know anything about me, you will know that I like to be right, I like to win the argument, and this word really tore me down and convicted me, convicted me in a really good way. So as we come back to this concept of koinonia, I want us to focus in on something absolutely crucial. See, when we participate in Christ's koinonia, we are not only reaching out and loving others, we are also showing the world who we are and whose we are. This is so important. In John chapter 13, Jesus says, By this everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Francis Schaeffer, an American theologian and writer, he said this, he said, Our relationship with each other is the criterion the world uses to judge whether our message is truthful. Christian community is the final apologetic. 
In other words, the world, the world is watching just how we care and treat for each other in this world. And this can either attract people or deter them from Jesus. As followers of Jesus and participants in his koinonia, we are known by how we love. How you treat people who have hurt you matters. How you treat the outcast, the homeless, the hurting matters. How you treat your family matters. This world should be drawn to us because of how we love, serve and reach out to our neighbour. This may seem super daunting, but we have the Holy Spirit, the advocate, the helper, the same power that raised Christ from the dead, working in and through us to help us to love. We also have each other to encourage us and spur us on when things get hard. If we go back to that challenge at the start of, us, uh, of, the, start of the sermon... It was really a lot easier for John to carry the Bible across when fellow believers saw a need, reached out and were actively involved in the mission, when he had his koinonia around him to encourage him and spur him on, when the group were united in their relationship and their perspective, when they could see, when they could look up, when they had different gifts and body parts that they could use to bring the Bible from one side to the other. So I have some questions for you. Are you an active participant in our community's koinonia here at RBC? Are you devoted to the community? Are you devoted to teaching, to worship, to communion, to fellowship, to meeting the needs of others? What need in our community could you meet, physical, spiritual or emotional? When your non-believing friends and family see you and how you care for those around you, do they see Jesus? Do you need to ask Jesus to humble you, to break down your pride, to work in your heart so that you can love others with this unifying shalom peace? A real Christian koinonia reaches out, loves others unconditionally, conditionally, participates, not spectates, meets needs, is devoted to teaching, worship, fellowship and hospitality. A real Christian koinonia is known for and recognised by their radical love for Jesus and for each other. A real Christian koinonia is known for a unifying shalom peace. And a real Christian koinonia is just a glimpse of the community that we will be a part of in eternity with Christ. But we weren't called to sit inside our church walls or our connect groups with this life-changing koinonia. We were called to step out together. We are called to be inclusive, to be inviting, to be the salt of the earth, to share Christ's life-changing message and community with all people. Yes, the apostles were obedient to the call and stepped out together, unified to share the gospel. Yes, they were messengers, sharers, inviters. But who actually saved these people? Who softened and worked in their hearts? Who brought them salvation? Who transformed their lives? From Acts 2 verse 37, And the Lord, the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. And from Acts 9, By the Holy Spirit, the church increased in numbers. Pastor Dan shared with us last week, it's at the intersection of loving God and loving people where lives are changed. Do you know that just like the Jews and the Gentiles and the Greeks and the Romans in the book of Acts, the people of our time and our world 
a yearning for the life that Jesus brings and the koinonia that Jesus brings. When I um, studied a psychology subject as part of my uni degree, I learned about this theory called Maslow's Hierarchy of Needs. Basically, it categorises the needs of a human from the bottom to the top. And um, this theory claims that the third most basic need of a human is belonging and community, meaningful relationships with each other. People are yearning and searching for a deeper sense of belonging and community. Think of F45 gyms. Think of KX Pilates. Think of sporting clubs. Think of festivals. Young people, all people, are craving meaningful relationship and community. One of the ways that people can come and hear the gospel and experience the love of Christ is just through the attractiveness of Christian community. A real community, Christian community understands that we look up and we reach out so that we can step out and reach people with the good news that Jesus is alive. A real Christian community understands that it is their role to be the messengers, the seed planters, the inviters, the salt. A real Christian community is constantly prayerful and expectant to see the supernatural and the transformative work of the Holy Spirit. I just wanted to conclude tonight by sharing a short story. Um, And I really think that this story is just an amazing example of our church koinonia, of our community looking out, reaching out and stepping out. So last year I was driving home from work um, and I thought I would stop in at the Clay Cup on a Wednesday to grab my latte and my caramel slice. Would recommend the caramel slice. It's very addictive. Um, And so I walked in um, and I ordered my latte and I was waiting and I just felt this weird feeling from the Holy Spirit to go over to this older woman and chat to her. And then I responded to God with a bit of an inward focus mindset and I was saying, no, actually God, I just came here for my latte and my caramel slice. Not in the mood for that. Alas, I sat down with this older lady and I started talking to her. Um, And then she turned and she said said something to me that really spoke to me. It makes me quite emotional actually. Um, She turned to me and she said, oh, no, no. I don't go to this church. I don't go to church at all, really, but I know a few friends who go to this church. And I come to this cafe quite a lot because every single time I come, someone says hi to me and asks me about my day and asks me how I'm going. And I think, wow, that is koinonia in action. Will you stand with me as my church community, as the body of Christ as my church family. Will you stand with me? And if you feel comfortable, would you actually lift your hands with me tonight as a bit of a declaration, a communal prayer, not just from me, but from all of us tonight. First of all, Lord, I just want to pray and I just want to lift up anyone in this room who um, the Holy Spirit has just been speaking to tonight and who just wants to be a part of this koinonia, part of Christ community and maybe who has not yet declared Jesus as their Lord and Saviour and as Roshan said earlier tonight and as Pastor Dan said earlier tonight, Lord, you are doing a transformative work in this place and you are calling people home and so first of all, I just want to lift up anyone in this room and I pray that 
they would come home and they would join our koinonia tonight. They would join our community for the first time, Lord. God, I pray that we would be a church, a family, a body, a koinonia who values a united kingdom perspective with Christ as our head, as our guide, celebrating all our different body parts, God, for you and to serve each other, Lord. I pray that we would be a koinonia where members are seen and treated as family, where believers are active participants in the life of our church, a community where we see a need and we meet it, a community where we see inclusivity instead of cliques, peacemaking instead of disagreements. God, I pray that we would be a community where all members, young and old, were devoted, committed to Christ-centered teaching, worship, communion, fellowship, doing life together, God, praying together, that we would be a church that constantly prays together, God. A koinonia where believers step out together, empowered by the Holy Spirit, to speak the good news with boldness, God. A church with a focus on evangelism and mission instead of comfort and complacency, God. God, bring more and more people into our koinonia, God. Add to our numbers daily, we pray. Bring a revival into our church like a wildfire, like a bushfire in Ross Trevor, in Broadview and in our suburbs and beyond. May we have an early church moment, God, where your gospel is spreading unstoppable. We pray for more. We pray for more Acts chapter 2 moments. We pray for more clay cup moments, God, where people are drawn to our community because of how we love, how we love you and how we love others. Lord, help us to love. Lord God, I just pray that you would keep moving in this place, God, even now. Lord, we lift all these these prayers up to you as a communal prayer, a communal pursuit, a communal mission. Lord, we pray. Amen. Thanks for listening and we hope that you enjoyed this podcast. If this message has impacted you in some way, we would love to hear from you. You can contact us through The Hub online at thehub.rbc.com or through our social media links in the show notes. See you next time.